thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it gives me great pleasure, as always, to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the ever-inspirational Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. <laughs> Hello, legend. How are you? I am on fire because we have got the most wow, incredible fire. guests, and it's plural guests, on today's episode. Mm. Uh, but before we share the entire story, we must say that this episode of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 100 Not Out Mediterranean Longevity Experience demo. It is mm-hmm. just over 100 days until we get on the plane to head on over to the <laughs> Greek island of Ikaria. <laughs> The uh, island where people forget to die. If you don't know what we're talking about, head on over to 100notout.com. 10 days in paradise. You are welcome to join us June 25 to July 4. The 100 Not Out Mediterranean Longevity Experience. Cannot wait. Now, don't know. Imagine this for a second. Take your mind back, if you can, to 1940. Imagine a 17-year-old Polish teenager by the name of Ada Merkies. She hears a knock at the door. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. And at the door are Russian army officers demanding they pack their belongings within two hours and prepare to be deported to Siberia. There's Ada, her brother and sister, her mother and grandmother. They're loaded onto the cattle cart and offloaded to Siberia, a two-week journey. Once there, they wow. work in the gold mines and the forestries in the coldest of cold winters, which we here in Australia cannot even imagine. All mm. the while, the family awaits news of their father, Vader's father, who is an officer in the Polish army only to find out that he is one of 20,000 Poles murdered in the infamous Katyn Forest Massacre. When news hits that Poland is creating an army to support Russia in its bid to defeat Hitler, Ada immediately uh, enlists. What happens next? Well, this really is only the beginning of the story. And with 95-year-old Ada recently awarded the Siberian exile cross by the Polish government, there is no better time to hear the full story. In a moment, we are going to speak directly to Ada Murkis herself. But firstly, it's a very warm 100 Not Out welcome to one of Ada's four daughters, Alice Murkis. Alice, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Good morning, guys. Alice, it's a remarkable story. Do you think we've just shared a little piece of it? Would you be happy to pick it up from there or, or fill in any important blanks that you think we may have missed? I think you've described it perfectly. So congratulations for grasping the context. I, you're amazing. Well, my grandmother made the decision. Things were so, um, there was so much deprivation where they were deep in Siberia that she made the decision to send her two daughters, my mother was the older one, into the Polish army under the auspices of the Russian army. And there, um, my mother and her sister worked on the telephone wires and they were courageous and they were involved in battles from Warsaw to Berlin, traveling on foot over 600 kilometers. And my mother describes, um, oh, incidences, she'll be better to describe them for you. And her courage and guts and beauty just shine through. I'll put her on. Sure, sure. Well, the Germans prepared us a road 
full of minds to catch us up. And in the morning, they send light aeroplanes with machine gun at the window to shoot at us before we had the time to put our gun against them from lying position because for traveling you have to lie the gun and then they run away after some time we walked at night through the night but Rod was quickly clean from mines because they were constantly at our feet. Mm. So, Ada, Ada, you you walked for a thousand kilometers on a road. 700. 700 kilometers on a road that was full of landmines. Yes. Because they were protecting themselves. They were retreating retreating, and they asked to make us as uncomfortable and unsafe as possible until we learned to clean that quickly. Well, it was a lot of casualties. That must be uh, that must have been absolutely harrowing. Um, do Do you still have many memories of that? Is that something that has stayed with you for life? Is it something that you found easy to move on from, or is that just a, a cold reminder of what those times were like? No, I wanted to forget my past as soon as possible because it was too hard to remember all the things what happened to me during that time. Ada, how do you... Sorry, Ada, how do you forget... um, Well, I'm probably more curious. How do you forgive the past? Because the survivors from the war that we have spoken to seem to have found a way to live with grace despite the challenges of the past. How do you forgive? Well, I tell you... Praying helps. Believing in God helps a lot to settle down, so to speak, and looking for a better future than can be improved. And that our goal during the war from Warsaw to Berlin was Berlin. At all costs, here we go. And you imagine where did we slept? On the dilapidated barns, on Mm. the floor, Mm. like sardines. Because we have to have a roof above the head because climate in Poland is such than in, in April. And March, it is still ending a winter. Cold. Very cold. Freezing. 
and freezing cold. And you see, today I don't know how I survived that, but I survived that, and we all survived that cold, sleeping on the floor next to each other. I think bread give us a little bit of warmth. Yeah. Fully dressed, because if you take boots off, you can't put them in the morning again because of frozen. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's incredible. I recently um, read a book uh, written by a, a lady who, as a five-year-old girl, was part of the Khmer Rouge um, invasion in Cambodia. And the book's entitled First They Killed My Father, and it seemed that the Cambodians did what the Germans did, and they they took out a lot of the the fathers. They took out the male figures from the family. Um, yes. And it seemed to be a way in which they could get on top of, you know, of of the people that they were fighting against. That's what they do. I think yeah. they had some lessons in cruelty. It's cruelty. It's absolutely yes. cruelty. And does, does that crush you? Like it crushes me reading about it. You know, when I read it, I cried. When I listened to your story, I have tears in my eyes. Is this something that continues to crush you, that your father... Um, was part of that horrendous massacre? Well, it is strange in me that after some years I forgive them because what I know that a lot of people don't know what they do. That is the easiest way to start new life. Because if you don't forgive and constantly think about the cruelty they did, you you can't start your happy life. Yeah, okay. it would be soul-destroying. Yeah, great point. Yes. It's a great you point. You need it... to forgive. Yes. And you need to forget. And you need, you need to hope the life should be better what they learn maybe they won't do it again Ada I'd love to know you talk about the strength that you must have to forgive and to start a new life and hopefully and ideally most of our listeners will never know what it's like to experience what you have but sadly, so many people still hold on to the past, whether it's um, a marriage that didn't go well or a relationship that ended or a job that they lost or money that they squandered or people are, many people are caught in the past and, and they let it affect their present and their future. What advice uh, would you have for people that are listening that, again, will never go through what you went through? but they find themselves scared to let go of their story and they're not willing to forgive. How can you, uh, what can you share for people to really, I suppose, help them to do what they feel like they cannot do right now? Well, I think in all life, it doesn't matter how sad and cruel it was, it would be a little bit of happiness, a little sp 
spark of happiness. Hold on to it. Hold on to it because you know that, that not all life would be so true. Have some sparks of happiness are there. And that's what you have to hold on to. Otherwise, it's impossible to forget. And and I pray to, to God to forget everything and to have a perhaps happier future. Mm. They're like the little sparks um, of happiness that keep the fire alive inside you, aren't they? The will to yes. live, the will to push on. Then, then it is not so bad because... What I look at the world, it is so beautiful, given to us, full of flowers, so beautiful. And when sometimes I see a program, how they cultivate them, and I thought to myself, how happy we should be. Mm. It's such a beautiful world around us to search for a happy place. Happy time, happy to not concentrate on we on cruelty and unhappiness. Absolutely, one of um, one of the great things that came out of the out of the war and out of your time in the, in the service was you meeting your husband Anthony, and I'm sure that that um, brought you great joy, and you lived many happy years with Anthony and built a family. Um, and, and subsequently moved to Australia. How yes. how much do you remember Anthony? Because I know that he passed on some years ago. But how how much does he light your light up, your life up still? Thinking about him these days. Well, he was terrific then. He was such a patient father. I was astonished how much he loved his daughters. <laughs> it was funny when. I had a fourth one, and doctor, first of all, wanted to tell him before anybody else. <laughs> and he comes, doctor come to me and said, he took it very well. <laughs> well, Ada, <laughs> my wife and I, oh, sorry. Especially him being an army man, he would love to have a son. But he had four daughters, and he was so happy with them. He loved them very much. That was so good for me. I didn't have a guilty conscience. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's a beautiful story. Um so Damien just asked you about uh, your husband Anthony, and um, just to join a few dots, you you um, you moved to Australia, um, and your mum tells us that you started a, an incredible so, um, swimwear label, which still exists today, called Ada, and we've googled it, and I think this is really important for people to know that you guys um, really did start a new life. You um, made your life as a fashion designer. Um, and again, you Google Ada Swimwear, formed in 1955 um, here yeah. in Australia. You've, you've lived an incredible life. And a lot of people, if, if, um, 
if you were on social media today, Ada, and people saw the swimwear and the life and everything that you've achieved in your life, people would be absolutely amazed uh, without knowing the challenges um, that you have been through. How did you communicate to your children, to your four daughters, the your past life? How did you share that with them? Badly. <laughs> Because I didn't want to talk about it. You see, something else to try to forget all these things. And second thing is trying to talk about it. I wanted my daughters to be a normal, good human beings, not anything from me, from my experiences of cruelty and war and shooting and dying, because what what beginning of life I would give them with all that scary thing? I didn't talk to them. So how did they find out? How did you? How old were they? And and because all of the um. Since you've been awarded the Siberian Exile uh, Cross, your, your children have been quoted as obviously saying how amazing you are and courageous and strong. Um, so they understand your story better than Damien and I and our listeners understand your story. So you've obviously had to share the story with them in a way that they see as inspiring. So... Did you share that with them when they were teenagers or even later? Maybe she can say something sure. about it, Alice. Hello. When we were grow hello. Um, when we were growing up, my grandmother came to Australia uh, to visit when I was four, and as we were growing, my parents spoke English at home. But my grandmother came from Poland, and so she started telling me a little bit um, about the past. And then my parents, if they were cross with us and they spoke together and they didn't want to understand, they'd speak in Russian. And so gradually you'd ask, well, why are you speaking in Russian? How do you know Russian? And so subconsciously... These stories just gradually evolved, although they definitely weren't part of our day-to-day lives. You were kept, yeah. Um, kept, yeah. Kept, it's interesting because your mum obviously loves the concept of beauty. You know, she speaks yeah. about flowers being beautiful. She speaks about the world being beautiful. She created a beautiful swimwear range. And so there's yeah. beauty surrounding. She's got four beautiful daughters, and so she's been, you know, surrounded by beauty, and surely that pumps your heart up. But there's so many great things to focus on, you know, when your outlook is beautiful, as opposed to the resentment of the past. And I wonder whether or not, you know, the fortune of having four daughters and then moving to a beautiful country like Australia, where we didn't really get affected by the war, actually assisted your mum in uh, in in living a life gracefully you know, and doing such a great job at it. Maybe that's part of her success. What do you think? I'm sure uh, you're right because um, her work as a swimwear designer, she'd say she wanted to amplify the beauty in women. 
And then she loved to go to Queensland for a holiday. She loved the warmth. She loved the the feeling of the, the sea, the sand, walking on the sand and the rest. So she she does see beauty all around her. You're actually right. And I hadn't thought of that or processed that. So thank you, Damien. Thank you, Marcus, for that. Oh, pleasure. Now, Alice, growing <laughs> up, we, we often, um, uh, how do I say this, with our guests that haven't gone through the 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 challenges that your mum has, we often ask them what seems like inane questions when I when I juxtapose it next to the war. But I'm still going to ask them anyway. Um, the movement and the social life of older people seems to be a real common thread. The people that age gracefully, they move regularly, they love their life, which is clear that your mum has really um, cultivated a belief of moving forward rather than looking back. So that's very clear. Yeah. But movement and social life, uh, community, uh, spending quality time with human beings is a really common trait. Um, having had the, 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 the life that they had before Australia, was movement and socialising an active part of your um, family upbringing and what you observed in your mum? Very much. Uh, they would go out, my parents would go out every Saturday night with their friends that they uh, often shared a background with and they would have fun. In fact, when they first came to Australia, my mother was saying, oh, she couldn't see the restaurants here that they'd um, had in the past and they were very social. They had many, many social gatherings. So being with friends, being with community was very much part of our life and dancing for my mother. And my father died about 25 years ago and my mother repartnered and uh, Going out every Saturday night was something she did with Leon and they went Russian dancing oh, and formed their own nice. community. Excellent. So she's been a spark. The sparks continued in different ways. And you did oh. mention the other day on the phone that she still loves to dance. Is that correct? She does. And, and if you were here in interviewing her personally, she'd, she'd kick her legs up and, and smile and laugh for you. <laughs> Grinning here because that's what happens. Oh, how nice. Magic. That's so great. Um, one question, Alice. Um, we, you know, as a, as a GP, as a general practitioner, you see a lot of people come into your practice, I'm sure, um, very fearful of things like heart disease or fearful of cancer or diabetes or infection or whatever it is. Um, and there is a pursuit for longevity. Most people want to live a long time for whatever reason it is, whether it's to see their grand grandchildren or their great-grandchildren or whatever it is, or just for the fear of the unknown of dying. You know, you don't, you don't want to leave the planet. What what do you think, um, apart from obviously social life, what do you think, um, given your vast experience, are the secrets to longevity? What have you noticed? Well, I think it's a package. I don't think there's one ingredient. Uh, there's a package of um, how you feed your body with nutrition, how you move your body with exercise, with dancing or, or general, mum's nodding, dancing. Um <laughs> It 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 nurtures your nurtures your soul. Music, what you hear, the music, um, song, voice, what you project from your from your heart. These things heal your soul. My mum's speaking also, and then how you think, the 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 glasses you put on to view the world, 
and then all these nurture, sort of mix up in a melting pot and uh, nurture your spirit. And out comes a beautiful package. Mm. So we, we've got opportunities to nurture all those many facets to really sparkle like a diamond. In our Isn't that beautiful? Way. Again, another uh, metaphor for beauty, a diamond. I love it. There's something there, Alice, which is uh, interesting, and that is diet. You didn't mention diet. And, um, and we are definitely in this Western world caught in a chemical phase of health and well-being and people are thinking if I take more vitamins, if I drink more kale smoothies or if I decrease my Mars bar consumption, um, I'm, I might live longer. Um, you didn't mention diet. I'd love to know what your mum eats and whether or not it would be considered to be a typical longevity diet. I, you, what, what does your mum eat for breakfast, lunch and dinner? Well, I might put her on, actually. She's quite passionate about diet. Ah, well, that would be great. Oh, good. Um, what you eat or what do you believe is important for longevity with diet? First of all, we believe for a long time that eggs are very healthy because before the science told us, we knew that from an egg comes another little creature, perfect creature, had everything. It means everything, that, yes. That food has everything we need for. Now, and I you... don't think of about overeating is necessary. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you, don't, you need to have a too much meat. Yes, I believe in a round diet what everything is here to eat because that's what God created. I think for good of us. I love it. Everything in moderation. What about a little bit of vodka? What do you think about that one, Ada? I I am not saying it is harmful completely, but <laughs> if you like it once a year. <laughs> a good Russian vodka. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. I think drink in moderation is all right. Yes. If you yes. drink every single day, in my case, it's impossible to live healthy life because it interferes with medicine. Yes. Because we have now set of tablets to, <laughs> to keep us on this earth. And I don't think if I would drink every day, I will help myself. No. No. That's positive. Yeah. Please don't don't combine any uh, Russian vodka with those tablets, Ada. We don't want that to be. Not a good uh, idea. No, that's not Not how it's going to happen. Ada, you are an inspirational (laughs) human being. We have thoroughly enjoyed this interview. We could keep on speaking with you all day, but we must let you go and say thank you from the bottom of our hearts on behalf of all of our listeners. Um, We thank you so much and congratulations on being awarded the Siberian Exile Cross and um, you. you deserve it. Um, and we just, yeah, we can't thank you enough for joining us on 100 Not Out today. And I am going to give telephone to Alice. You speak to her. Thanks, Ada. <laughs> anyway, I thank say you, Ada. goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. It's most refreshing. Oh, beautiful. And here is Alice. Thank you. Thank you.
<laughs> Hi, Damien. Hi, Marcus. Hi. Hello, Alice. We Thank just... you for that blessing. What a great opportunity that was for us, for our life. That's incredible. Oh, well, thank you so much for giving Mum the opportunity to have these reflections and educate me and uh, all of us more. Absolutely, and I think that's the key is, you know, this is a gift. The beautiful thing of podcasts is that it's a gift that we'll keep on giving for years to come. This interview will live forever um, in the interwebs. As confusing as that is, it is so remarkable to know that your mum's message and story um, will live forever. And, uh, yeah, we can't thank you enough for helping us and giving us your time in being able to chat with yourself and your mum. And uh, like we like to wish all of our guests on 100 Not Out to you, Alice and Ada, may the rest of your life truly be the best of your life. And yours. Many thanks. Damo, thanks Thank again for your wisdom on this podcast. This has definitely been one for the vault, one that will uh, get a repeat um, over yep. and over and over again. We would love to hear your feedback, folks. You can provide that over at thewellnesscouch.com where the entire archive of 100 Not Out episodes live. Um, check us out on Facebook forward, uh, Facebook forward slash 100 Not Out. The biggest thing is, is to subscribe to this podcast because that's the way to share the podcast with the world. Show your friends that do not know how to listen to podcasts exactly how to listen to it. It is so easy. Share this podcast with your friends and your family. And uh, when you're in the iTunes store, please give this podcast a five-star rating. Uh, Find out more from Damo at DamienChristoph.com, myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. Thanks to our editor, Joseph Tomo, Rosie Garner, who does our social media. And until next time, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.